There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Listen as Dr. Michael Yusuf begins today's Leading the Way audio. The Word of God will penetrate minds. The Word of God will enrich lives. The Word of God will instill hope in us. The Word of God will set us free. Now, beloved, the reason the Church of Jesus Christ today is so anemic is because they have abandoned the supremacy of the Word of God. In Acts chapter 2, we watch the church caring deeply for one another, even selling possessions to care and provide for the needs of others. This act of grace, especially today, is often misunderstood. Today on Leading the Way, Dr. Michael Yusuf looks at the description of the early church activities, revealing the heart of what should be happening as believers join together through the body of Christ. This is a challenging word of truth for our generation. Here's Dr. Yusuf to begin today's Leading the Way. Today, we have some government leaders who claim to be Christians, emphasis here on claim, who are trying to tell us that socialism is a biblical concept. And they base their falsehood and this biblical abuse on Acts chapter 2, verse 44. That verse says all the believers were together and they had everything in common. In fact, there are some who claim that this is where communism came from. Right. That is their basis for the so-called redistribution of wealth. Now, this would be bad enough by itself. But to make it worse, there are a number of young preachers in the evangelical style, who are actually preaching this falsehood, who have embraced this falsehood. I think it was Winston Churchill who once said that there are only two places where socialism will work, in heaven where it's not needed, and in hell where they already have it. (laughs) In fact, socialism is the way for the government to try to replace the church. They're trying to do what only the church could do, because only the church has the heart to do what needs to be done. I often think that if these folks are honest, if they're really honest, they would have to agree with Mao. Mao Zedong, the communist leader of China, made a statement that to me is absolute truth. (laughs) He said, you're quoting Mao Zedong? Yes, and when you hear it, you'll agree with it too. Here's what Mao Zedong said. Communism has nothing to do with love. It is an excellent hammer to destroy our enemy. It's absolute truth. Now, I'm often warning you, and I say it, and I keep saying it, don't ever take a text out of its context. The reason I keep emphasizing this on a regular basis is because whenever you take a text of the Scripture like these folks have done, and they took it out of its context 
It leads to distortion. It leads to heresies. It leads to falsehood. And so when socialist government leaders distort the Scripture, particularly Acts 2.44, all informed Christians, all those who have been trained to put the text in its context, must be able to stand up and say, no, 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 that is not what is meant by this verse. And so I want you, if you haven't already, turn to Acts 2, beginning at verse 42 all the way to 47. Now, according to the Word of God, there are four essentials that must be in a given community that is a community that believes and uplifts the name of Jesus. First of all, the Word of God. Secondly, the meeting of needs. Thirdly, the worship of Jesus. And fourthly, the witnessing to the outside world. Now, let's look through those again. First, the Word of God has to be preeminent. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that the study of the Word of God is the focus of the meeting. Now, having said that, let me tell you, I have known churches, what they call Bible study groups, never crack a Bible. Let's call small Bible study groups. They will study all sorts of books, novels, psychological books, uh, the latest trends, and on and on and on. They actually call them Bible study groups, never study the Bible. Other groups who also call Bible study groups, all they do is they share mystical experiences or how they feel. How do you feel? How do I feel? Well, who cares how I feel? (laughs) How about Dr. Superduck? How does he feel about this? Who cares about him either? When true believers meet, the Word of God is preeminent. For the Word of God is powerful and sharper than two-edged sword. Listen to me. The Word of God will change behavior. The Word of God will penetrate minds. The Word of God will enrich lives. The Word of God will instill hope in us. The Word of God will set us free. Amen. Now, beloved, the reason the church of Jesus Christ today is so anemic is because they have abandoned the supremacy of the Word of God. The reason the church of Jesus Christ today lost its moral authority is because instead of allowing the Word of God to judge us, we sit in judgment on the Word of God. The reason the church has ceased to be the conscious of society today is because we no longer boldly declare, thus says the Lord, end of discussion. I know I speak for the entire leadership of this church when I say that as long as God gives us breath, we will never cease to upholding the authority of the Word of God. Listen, I'm all for relevance. But the problem is some people like talk about relevant, meaning they do it at the expense of the truth of the Word of God. And that will never happen here. Amen. Because, amen. Because the Bible is the only true spiritual food that sustains us. And it sustains us in the ups and the downs of life, in the valleys and in the mountaintop. It sustains us all the time to my utter profound sadness. I read the other day 
that less than 20% of all believers, this is not the population of the United States, there are believers in the United States, less than 20% read the Scripture on a regular basis. That is why all of our communities here are the apostles. Whether Sunday communities or neighborhood communities or special needs communities, all uphold the preeminence of the Word of God. Otherwise, will be said of us what says through the prophet Hosea, my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so the first thing in our biblical communities in the exhibit is the preeminence of the Word of God. Secondly, the meeting of needs is practiced. It comes natural. It's not forced. And this is the verse that I told you these people abuse, and they will say, you see, the Bible teaches socialism. What they do, they prey on the good nature of folks who have very poor knowledge of the Word of God. They really do. In fact, the Pew Research just revealed recently, listen to this, 49% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 29, 49% prefer socialism. Here's what I want to say to them. I lived under socialism. You don't want it. You don't want it. Don't even flirt with it. It is the most dangerous thing. It destroys faith. It destroys hope. It destroys generosity. It sucks up the life out of a church. But the only church was not a socialist church, as these leaders foolishly tried to teach us. And that is why I need to expand those verses. There are two verbs here. The verb selling and the verb giving. And they both are in the imperfect tense. You say, Michael, is this a grammar lesson? Yes. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, and you must understand that. It doesn't say they sold everything, and they gave everything, and they just shared everything. No. This is how it should read. They were selling goods, and they were giving and meeting needs as that need arises. But that's what many of us have done, right? I know I've done that. I did not have the cash. I sold something in order to meet needs. I know there are many believers who do that. When they see need and necessarily have the cash, they would go and sell stocks or bonds or some other things. Some even sell family heirlooms in order to sacrifice and give to meet needs. And that's exactly what it meant by it here. The second thing I must tell you that you must understand about this verse is this. Their giving was voluntary, or voluntarily. Beloved, here's the truth. Whenever giving becomes compulsory, it freezes the heart of the giver. It really does. The government's idea of redistribution of wealth destroys love. It destroys generosity. It creates resentment. Whenever giving is forcefully it will not only hurt the giver and his attitude, it will hurt the recipient too, even more. What motivates us to give? Listen to me. What motivates us to give and to meet needs? Some of us give until it hurts. 
It's between us and God. We give because we want to be imitators of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, when he hung on that cross, the creator of the world gave everything. He gave his all. And so when a community of believers meet, the Word of God is what? Preeminent. Secondly, the meeting of needs is practiced. Thirdly, the worship of Jesus is predominant. Look at verse 46, particularly the latter part of 46. With glad and sincere hearts praising God. Listen, I know it comes as no surprise for those of us who praise and extol the God's attributes, those of us whose first goal in fellowshipping together is to fellowship around how good God is and the sacrifice He made on our behalf, those whose purpose in fellowship is to praise God for His grace and mercy, it comes as no surprise these are the joyful people. They don't have to put on joy. They have it. It comes from the inside. It comes from that attitude of gratitude. Joy easily comes to those who give God all of the glory and not try to keep some to themselves. Joy is a characteristic of those who love to glorify the Lord and give Him glory for everything that He has done. To glorify God is to recall His supreme sacrifice. To glorify God is to testify to God's greatness and goodness and power in working in our lives. In any community that meets for the purpose of glorifying God. It's a joyful community. It's a joyful community. They, they couldn't help it. Today, there are so many people who are searching for happiness. And they go from counselor to counselor looking to be happy. And they can't find it because they're looking in the wrong places. <laughs> but there is joy that comes from naturally seeking to glorify God above all else. Yes. <laughs> There are some people who think that worship is just rah, 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 rah. That's worship. Others think worship is just music. Some people confuse singing with worship. Now, all of this is part of worship, but it's not worship. The word worship means worth-ship. That's where it comes from, worth-ship. So what is God worth to you? What is He worth? See, by testifying to what God has done, that's part of worship. To give sacrificially in gratitude to God for what He has done, that's part of worship. That's part of worship. Every year I come to this passage in Genesis, and I honestly get choked up. I don't think I've ever read through it fast. I stop. I take time. It's about what Abraham said worship is. In fact, it's the first time in the Bible the word worship was mentioned. What did Abraham say about worship? You remember when he was going up to Mount Moriah to offer Isaac as a sacrifice? Now, think, think about this. Don't, don't, don't. I, I know you, even if you gag, I think it's okay. You need to think about it because a lot of people skip over it. They don't want to think about it. Abraham was taking the knife to his son. He was going to sacrifice the son of promise. 
which means he's going to sacrifice everything. And what he said to his servants when they came to the foot of the mountain, he said, you wait here. And the boy and I going up to do what? Worship. Worship. Beloved, worship that costs you nothing is not true worship. David said, God forbid that I give the Lord that which costs me nothing. <laughs> worship means I'm ready to put everything on the altar. I often say to our leadership and our staff, it is always has been my prayer constantly, taking time, fasting and praying. I say, God, give me your plan and then strengthen me to obey it. I don't want to give you my plan and ask you to bless it. And so when we meet in fellowship, the Word of God has to be preeminent. The meeting of needs must be practiced, and the worship of Jesus is predominant. Finally, fourthly, witnessing to the outside world is paramount. Verse 47, and the Lord added to the number daily. Who added to their number? The He's the one who does that. And who did he add? Those who are being saved. That fourth element is dependent on the first three. I want to explain that. Whenever the Word of God is preeminent, whenever the meeting of the needs of others is practiced, Whenever worship of Jesus is predominant, it is inevitable, it is inevitable that our witness is effectual. Our people get converted to Christ not because of some slick marketing program. A slick marketing program might bring people inside the building, but only Jesus converts people. Slick message and a slick entertainment ain't going to never convert anybody. But when unbeliever comes and they see the believers placing the Word of God as being preeminent, where the needs of others are practiced, and when they experience the worship of God, it flows naturally. It flows naturally that they'll be converted to Christ. It flows to the outside world as we reach out to the unbelievers. Because when non-believers come and see those three things, they get convicted in their heart. I want to be part of this community. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. That's what happens. You come in and you see it, and then you want to be like them. I know there are some groups and some people who may be practicing those first three, but they want to keep the group as a closed community. They want it to be a holy huddle, a bless me club. We don't want anybody to come in here. Let me tell you something. The reason this we used to call cell groups in the early days is because a cell grows, and when a cell grows, it multiplies, and that's how a body grows. And so whether you are involved in the Sunday communities or home communities, whatever community you're involved in, you should be welcoming people as they come and get converted to Christ. You expand and you multiply and you break into twos. I pray that every year we break into two groups. 
until we have hundreds of neighborhood groups and hundreds of Sunday school groups. Because that's how it ought to work when the Word of God is preeminent, when meeting needs is practiced, and when, when the worship of Jesus is predominant. The unsaved will be converted. God will always use obedient children. He will. It's impossible to genuinely practice those three things, and the fourth one does not get added in as a bonus because the Lord is the one who adds it in. I want to tell you a true story to encourage you to understand that when those three things happen, God is going to do the rest. Back in 1937, missionaries were forced to leave the certain region of Ethiopia called Walamu. At that time, when the missionaries were forced to leave, there was a small group of believers, about 48 total. Total. And this group practiced preeminence of the Word of God and meeting the needs and, and, and worshiping Jesus and Jesus alone. After the missionaries left, the persecution heated up, and some of these dear 48 people, some of them faced martyrdom and died. But five years later, when these missionaries were allowed to come back, they found 10,000 believers. 10,000 believers. Beloved, I am praying hundreds of you who say, I don't want to come to the church and become a professional hearer of the Word only, but not a doer. I want to be involved in a community. I want to serve. I want to be part of a Christian community. And it is our prayer that this would be the year in which hundreds of you would make that decision. Dr. Michael Youssef with a message called A Biblical Picture on this episode of Leading the Way Audio. Share Dr. Youssef's teaching with family and friends by directing them to ltw.org, the Leading the Way podcast, app and more. Simply visit ltw.org for more information about the many ways to connect. Well, that music is my cue to say goodbye. But I have just enough time to invite you to listen again next time for more solid biblical teaching from Dr. Yusuf on Leading the Way. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.